top stories of the week. Scott Morrison plans to say the word plan a lot. Victoria cashes in its chips. And the coup in Sudan becomes a shameless ad for my new comedy album. This is News Weekly. And remember how Scott Morrison reacted when the Labour Party presented a net zero emissions plan in the lead up to the last election? Now, over in Kazakhstan, I'm sure they're pretty pleased about this, Mr. Speaker. I'm sure they're, they're, I'm sure they're absolutely thrilled about this. Some may call this a carbon tax, Mr. Speaker. Remember for sure. The Borat tax, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> the Borat tax, which will be put on by the Labour Party with carbon credits for Kazakhstan. And I know what, I know what Borat would think of the Labour's. Labor Party's policies on emissions reduction, Mr. Speaker. Very nice, very nice. That's what they'd be thinking about the carbon trading policies of the Leader of the Opposition. And welcome to News Weekly, the podcast where we punch the news in the head weekly. Zeroing in on net zero news now, Tuesday was a big day for the pamphlet printing industry as the Australian government finally announced the government's plan to reach net zero emissions by 2050, ahead of Prime Minister Scott Morrison's trip to uncover some long lost ancestors in Glasgow. Our plan is a fair plan. It's a practical plan. It's a responsible plan. Our plan for net zero by 2050 is the plan that I believe Australians want. Sounds good so far. Let's hear the plan then. Our plan charts a uniquely Australian way. Uh Uh-oh, that's never good. A uniquely Australian plan could be anything from obediently following the British plan, but with a lot more casualties, to obediently following the American plan with Vegemite on top. The world is changing. And the world's response to climate change is changing the world. So now he's just speaking in rhymes and riddles. The plan is the world and the world is the plan. Climate change is changing the climate, so it's time to climb into the change. This is real. It's happening. Good to know the guy who believes a magic man in the sky created the universe but said no gaze allowed is suddenly clear on what's real. Alright, enough with the sales pitch already. Let's hear what the plan is. The UK, for example, has set a decent standard for their 2050 plan. Over 1,868 pages long, it's got heat and building strategies, environmental incentives, pathways for every sector to 2037. It's legally binding. It has five-year targets. It is to sum up a plan, which is what we need. After all, in the 11-minute announcement, Scott Morrison says the word plan 31 times. Australians want a plan, and our plan, our plan, our plan, our plan, fair plan, practical plan, responsible plan, 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 the plan, our plan, and our plan, our plan, plan, plan. It's also a plan. It's an energy, trade, and economic plan, not just an environmental plan. It's a plan. It's not a plan, plan, set and forget plan. In this plan of our plan, good plan, good plan, plan for your future with this plan. I'll be taking this plan of our plan, an economic plan. plan. So how big is the Australian plan? Well, it clocks in at 129 pages, most of which are clip art. Not a good start for a country whose emissions are among the highest in the world on a per capita basis, and the country has long trailed behind similar developed countries in pledging to reduce emissions. But maybe what it lacks in content, it makes up for in substance. The PowerPoint forecasts that 40% of the emissions reductions will come from the government's technology investment roadmap, 15% from global technology trends, 
10 or 20% through offsets and 15% from further technology breakthroughs. So basically, we're banking on stuff that doesn't exist yet to save us. You know the belief in things that aren't real but will provide real solutions? That has a technical name. It's called a fucking miracle. And miracles don't happen. Um, anyone who walked into any JB Hi-Fi store anywhere in the country today, and when they walked in there five years ago, will know the change in the price of what they were buying today to what it was five years ago. And the increase in its capacity and its, and its capabilities and all of those things. That is the world we know. This is a plan for the world that we know and where it's heading. Other than providing free advertising for JB Hi-Fi, that's not even true. Sure, computers and electronics from JB Hi-Fi can do more today than one bought five years ago, but they also cost a lot more. And that cost is going up significantly in the next two years because of microchip shortage caused by, get this, droughts, fires and snowstorms. You know, fucking climate change. The plan is so vague and non-committal, even inadvertent satirist Andrew Bolt found it embarrassingly lacking. If this net zero plan it's not going to cost you a cent. In fact, it's going to make you money, says the government. At the very same time, it's actually spending your money. I mean, absolute billions being shoveled out that door. So how does that work? You realise you're being conned, of course, don't you? A plan that's so crap, it's being mocked by both environmentalists and Andrew Bolt, which doesn't do anything and is largely dependent on imaginary achievements we'll never actually get. And Scott Morrison had to negotiate with the nationals even for this... That does sound like the Australian way, after all. That's not how we punish crimes news now. Fans of doing cocaine in black-tiled toilets while real estate agents, Chinese billionaires and tradies with a gambling addiction have sex with $2,000 an hour escorts can finally relax. The Crown Casino is safe. Apparently, the punishment for doing everything from money laundering to working with organised crime syndicates is to be able to do it for another 729 days because the Crown was given exactly two years to clean up its act. Crown has been given two years to clean up its act after it narrowly avoided losing its licence. A special manager has been appointed to reform its operations in the wake of a scathing royal commission that found it unfit to run a casino. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is holding the Crown to a standard a great deal lower than anyone who dared venture outside the five-kilometre bubble to buy a bucket of KFC during lockdown. It's not only shameful... Uh, it cannot be allowed to occur again. Despite this, Crown will keep operating for at least two years. It turns out when you're the single largest private sector employer with over 20,000 staff members hired to clean cocaine off toilet seats and your majority shareholder is James Packer, the man with the smallest forehead in Australia, you can get away with a lot. But we can't change what has occurred. We can only make sure that it never happens again. That's how the justice system is supposed to work. You punish people for crimes they committed in the past, not the future. Instead, the punishment for committing crimes found after an investigation into those crimes is to be told you'll be investigated for committing crimes in the future. This is such a weak response to a massive problem, you'd think it was rolled out as part of Scott Morrison's Net Zero campaign. So how scared is Crown of the punishment that's been handed down? Despite the Commission's negative findings, Crown's share price soared today to its highest level in months. The House, as they say, always wins. Putting the dick in Dictator Dan News now. As Melbourne emerges from the world's longest lockdown, the Premier, it seems, is already preparing for the next one. 
Good evening. The power to declare pandemic rule will shift to the Premier under laws designed to replace Victoria's state of emergency. Fines of up to $90,000 and two years jail await anyone breaking the rules, which Daniel Andrews described as a win for transparency and accountability. Can we not talk about lockdowns for a little while? Like, just give us a week. Two days. Can, can, can we have two days? I'm still remembering basic social skills like don't burp loudly at dinner or stop wearing your pyjamas to the pub or don't masturbate during real life meetings the way you used to during Zoom meetings. You know, the little stuff. So what are the new laws proposing? Under the changes, an initial four-week state of emergency declaration could be renewed for an extended three-month period while the pandemic presented a serious risk. The problem isn't those bits though. Those are pretty expected. It's the parts where they severely curtail civil rights that are quite alarming. The proposed pandemic orders could include directives to restrict movement, detain and quarantine infectious people and regulate the activities of citizens, depending on factors such as their age, vaccination status or occupation. Here's the Victorian opposition guy, Matthew Guy. No one talked about imposing the ability for the Premier to shut down protests or shut down individuals on the basis of their personal characteristics. What does that mean? Victorian Health Minister Martin Foley's response isn't too reassuring, however. It's about public health and well-being, not uh, your status of... Uh, your race, your religion, your creed, your sexuality, your gender. The thing is, laws that target individuals based on characteristics might not be about your race, religion or gender right now, but that's only because you trust yourself to wield them responsibly. What about the next guy who comes along? How do you know that the next person in power with access to those laws won't want to focus on race, religion and gender? The Andrews government argues the checks and balances are extensive. An independent committee of public health and human rights experts would scrutinise government decisions. Health advice would be made public up to two weeks later and QR code data would be withheld from law enforcement. Ah yes, trusting police to respect our privacy with QR codes. Remember how that went down in WA? West Australians have checked in with the Safe WA app nearly 250 million times since it was introduced. With repeated reassurances by the state government, the data collected would be stored securely and only be accessible by authorised Department of Health contact tracing personnel. But it's been revealed police have on two occasions issued the health department with warrants for data. You know what? Now I just miss lockdown. Can you coup news now? It's been a few months since the world's had a good coup. Like an old school, the military takes over the democratic government and claims it's doing to save democracy kind of coup. The last one was in Myanmar in Feb of this year, and it combined all the classic elements of military, Nobel Prize winners and fitness instructors. Hundreds of thousands of locals are crowding the streets. Bodybuilders are protesting the military. The nation's leader, a Nobel Peace Prize winner, has been arrested for walkie-talkies. On Monday the 1st of Feb, while filming her morning routine, this instructor accidentally captured the beginnings of a military coup. Well, move over, Myanmar. It's time for a new coup on the block. In a long-running battle for democratic rule, the people of Sudan have returned to the streets. Yeah. 
the country's top soldier, General Al-Burhan, has sacked the country's transitional government. General Al-Burhan took to the airwaves today, saying he needed to protect the country's safety and security. Adding, the armed forces remain committed to civilian rule. Speaking as a Pakistani, there's one thing the armed forces always love committing to, and that's civilian rule. The only problem is it's the kind of commitment a serial cheater makes to monogamy. Speaking of which, my new comedy album all about that time that I got cheated on three months after getting married, called Cuck, is being released on Saturday on iTunes, Spotify and everywhere else that you get your music. That's right, you can listen to my latest comedy album Cuck on the 30th of October onwards. I, I should not go blonde. I do not look good as a blonde. I looked like, I looked like a reverse Chris Lilly. I, like, like it's, it's not a race crime, but it should be. Like, that's how I look, you know? <laughs> Did this happen to you, though? It happened to me a lot. Uh, my friends, when I, I, I post a picture of myself with the blonde hair on Instagram, like an idiot, and, and my friends start calling me up, and, they, and they'd be like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah, why? They're like, oh, because you colored your hair, and when someone is their life is out of control they color the hair to control something in their life like that's why people like are you i was like i'm fine fuck off like i'm fine i just got out of my hair because i was curious it's not a big deal uh what else happened during lockdown um oh my wife had an affair <laughs> so when you go to chemist warehouse to buy the hair dye they should not sell that to you without a mental health care plan like that should be a conversation you have to have where it's like hi I want to go blonde it's like okay go see a therapist for 10 sessions then come back then we'll talk about it like that's how that should go that's it for this week's episode of News Weekly. As always, please tell your friends if you like the podcast or join me on my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Shah, S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. Patreon members will be getting free access to bonus tracks from my comedy album as well as a recipe for chicken salt and boca that I posted just a few days ago. Enjoy that and more right here on News Weekly where we punch the headlines in the head weekly. Weekly.